So, I mean, actually, I'm kind of curious. Part of me doesn't want to know the answer to this, but also I am curious about it myself. Um, how did it end up with Rafi trying to save Potentia from the Golem? Was Rafi tracking the Golem uh, through the sewers? Uh, did he figure out what the Golem was after? Did he end up following the Golem or just happened to be in the area when it was attacked? I think the answer I will give is that Rafi was nearby when this when the golem surfaced onto the bridge why he was there i'm not going to say but he was nearby and he saw an opportunity to to step in and do something because he knew a little bit about golems and he saw what he thought was an exposed weak point uh that to to meme for a second he could hit for critical damage Mm -hmm. Uh, i think in my head um what i'm sort of hoping was going on is that Rafi was just sort of um like I, I I think obviously there'd been a little bit of friction with 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 Rafi in the past and, and in, in my head canon I'm hoping he was just trying to catch up with potential after seeing her and being like oh hey you know like because obviously the two of them were trying to maintain a friendship still you know potential still was interested in that and in and in my head I'm hoping he was just trying to catch up with her and like just was like saw she was in danger and just decided to step in you know that it wasn't necessarily that he was tracking the golem I don't I mean I'm not going to ascribe to Rafi the intelligence to really fully understand like the the gravity of everything and I don't mean that in a mean way I just don't think he has the pieces to to put that together really and like it, it to me in, you know, in my head, I want to I wanna sort of see it as this sort of heroic moment where he just, he was for whatever reason sort of wanting to catch up with Potentia and then just happened to be, see that that was um, a fight and just found, you know, found his sort of courage in that moment and, you know, just sort of intervened, I suppose. I am not going to comment. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, yeah, I, I think sometimes not knowing allows you to make up your own mind, you know. Uh, I'm sure everyone in the audience has their own opinion on on Rafi and, um, you know, it's up to you to decide, uh, I think, why why he was there. But he was there and made a huge difference in the fight. I mean, I'm not going to lie, sneak I, attack is no joke. Uh, I think it's going to make a lot, of, a lot of a difference for quite a while. Um, I think a lot of people think that his difference might make a difference in a, in a combat only. Think his existence in that fight is going to have ramifications in the future that I don't know that Ben necessarily saw when he had Rafi appear in that fight. Like to the extent that they are going to have ramifications, um, he knows now. <laughs> but um, I don't know that he saw that then. It's also part of why I, yeah, I, I think it is tricky for us to make any comment about. Mm-hmm. That at the moment, mm. yes. I mean, so does talking about accusations. Obviously, is the season sort of ending arc. Does mm. um, do any of you have like a favorite moment from it? Like, obviously, there are a lot of like little twists and, and turns in the story. Um, There's almost like three mini arcs within. Yeah. What 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 do we count? Like, so I can't remember. Which, it what- started with meeting at the coffee shop to then go and talk to Bonin about. Um, all the things that had happened, Swift Rain getting arrested, 
going through the irregulars to like um, contact them finding out with the scrying about swift rain and the mask um learning like those pieces together and then immediately from that it was oh we're getting a call to go and do um talk to this person about the books let's do that let's let's uh, not to like ascribe motivation but like let's you know change a pace this will be nice and light just some missing in and books. out quick adventure <laughs> yeah Tw- 20 minutes quick adventure no problem sure 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 i'll come along i'll absolutely help you you guys are doing some fun thing about some books great no worries yeah. god damn it <laughs> yeah yeah then just you know like um, into the the community underground library um all of that uh, and then we have the the golem fight and the the fallout from the golem fight which i feel like it's it is the swift rain what is going on with the mask the the books recovery and then the golem fight make up the three three acts Mm. of accusations Mm. yeah i think i think my personal favorite moment was um listening to like harold's teaching the pixies how to play chicken monsters (laughs) monster battles yeah monster battles battles. amazing I loved it so much. What was great was Ross recording some extra dialogue that we could like have quietly really? in the background. Yes. So, as, so as Potenta and Meredith are having a yeah. conversation just in the background, so, there's Harold talking like priority order. Yeah, so, Damn it, Joe, we have to go listen to the episode. Yeah, so what I did Rude. is I, I recorded like Rude. some like under my breath dialogue. So while you were talking so about good. stuff, there's actually like a bit of Harold like actually explaining the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Was a, that was a, that was fun. But also, say, a how tough, much fun a did tough, you have like, doing that? Mastering <laughs> thing to like oh, get so Ross's uh, Harold's enough. audio to be like low enough that didn't disrupt potential and Meredith, but you could still kind of make out like in the background, like okay, so then you tap this and then you can play this spell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That was a fun that. moment. I, I I think my favorite was actually discovering that Swift Rain actually was dust of chalk because harold no. swift rain Wait. is the to mask tabaxi right. is, the, is the mask tabaxi is not dust of chalk <laughs> dust, <laughs> dust of chalk is a red herring <laughs> yeah. she's a, just a tabaxi who's a teacher out in it's the, just, the yeah lops, just, a, who's just an early learning uh yeah, okay, yes, but an early learning teacher. Finding out that Swift Rain is actually was actually the villain because harold has such a strong sense of justice and i think all of them went there to clear this person's name, you know, like they, they had such a strong idea of, well, how could this academic who's just like us be responsible for something like this? And I think, I think, I think realizing that for Harold was an interesting character moment. And I I don't think we really got to dwell on it too much in the episode, but you know, for him, that that was like that 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 threw a, a wrench in a lot of his worldview because you know Harold was so sure it couldn't be him and if someone like him could do something like that what what, what are other people yeah. capable yeah. of mm-hmm. and there's also the the mystery still around like well hang on what is this mask then as well yeah. how how are they connected what is going on there mm. yeah. I feel like there'll be some nice chats between everyone in the next season about that very thought pattern. Um, 
I think I, 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 I'm with Joe on the like for the in terms of like the most fun moment. Yeah, is that? But I think in the same line as what Ross is talking about, um, having the gut feel that the correct thing to do was to grab Harold's bag, to misty step out of the sewers and to run. Like yeah. it's such a tiny little moment. But it is the first moment that Potentia does something that what one might describe as adventurous yes. by herself. Yeah. That is a choice she makes to go, to run. But to run not in a fleeing kind of way, but to run in and I'm taking this with me and I'm going, which is a yeah. very different thing really to thing. anything she'd done before. Um especially as someone who actively rallied against being a member of the Adventurers Guild. Um, yeah. So it's a tiny moment, but I remember making that choice and going, okay, this is a big deal. This is a big, ch- I am choosing actively to split the party in a way that we don't normally split the party. Like we occasionally split the party, but usually it's for roleplay reasons or it's for like, someone's got to go with, like we've got to go do other tasks or whatever it is this was a mid-combat effectively I am splitting the party and she is taking the thing that it has been following with her mm. uh, and making that decision was interesting and has had, has had interesting repercussions for her mm. what about you Ben what was your favorite favorite moment I mean that's tricky I I loved being able to finally reveal some some information about these villain characters these villainous characters um i love like the some of these twist reveals were good fun but i think probably the most fun i had was chasing potentia as the golem because that was (laughs) that was like such a for me it felt very like chase scene cinematic like running down the street this thing stomping behind you in the sewers breaking up out of the ground occasionally uh, and then confronting you on the bridge and then like hurling things at you that was that was a lot of fun with that Uh, because i don't we haven't really had that many huge big boss battle fights so we had a couple throughout the 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 first season nothing as big as that though yeah, that was, I think, the the big... I'm going to, like, really do some showing off here as a, as a big monster. Yeah, I think it's been... It was interesting because I think the first big fight that we had... In fact, a lot of the big fights we've had, it's... Because we all started at level three, we all started a little bit more powerful than a lot of characters do in D&D. And I'm not saying Ben underestimated that because I don't think he did. But we absolutely whomped through some battles that maybe we weren't quite supposed to whomp through... As much as we did mm. early, early doors. Or we, or we yeah. talked people down. Yeah. Supposed yeah. To. <laughs> yeah, I think finding the balance with your party has been really tricky because you're three spellcasters. Like you're a bard, a druid, and a wizard. So you don't have your traditional tank. Um, you don't have any of those kinds of things. So I just need to. I, ex- finding the balance has been really tricky in this first season about what makes a good fight and how long does that fight go for what makes it like how close to death do i bring you to be a challenge um without doing too far and yeah i think you've nailed it i think we've had some really good moments yeah in the first season i think um the sport 
the the mugby match yeah. fight in the the mascot costume and that the was spider. fun. Was like the- I actually think the f- first most successful one was the Halloween episode. Yeah, that was one of us. Went down, oh, yeah. Because if I'm right, Harold went down that episode, mm. yeah. which is not something we'd had before. And knowing that we were starting a podcast and trying to do characters, and we were like, "Ben's willing to kill us already." Crap! Um, <laughs> like in in my brain, like theater kid, improv kid, I'm storyteller. I'm like, he's not going to kill him. It's fine. Um, but like, there being a way for that to still feel like he was gonna die yeah. was here's here's something i have plans for each of your deaths yeah i mean joe does not like this fact at all no, joe's face very though sinister. Like- <laughs> if, if 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 you die if it- i have plans <laughs> um do, we, we're just we, we're coming out with shirts mm. um they say i have plans for each of your deaths they're explicitly designed for dungeon masters yes. um just so that yes. you all know yes let's uh Hey, hey, uh, Russell, Russell, Ben, do me up some art yeah, and we'll 100% put those on Threadless. We do have a Threadless yeah, for those who are playing on home. You can buy our merch. Please do that. Yeah. Thank you. Helps us pay our fees Just like, for uh, hosting and stuff. Yeah, I have plans for each of your deaths in like a speech bubble and then attributed to every dungeon master ever. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to put the I'm going to put both of these questions. So this is the last question from Paul, and also sort of a question from from Roy the Snake. Um, so Paul asks: um, It appeared when reviving Raffi, there was an extra cost aside from the diamond and the skill check. What was this other cost? I suspect we're not going to get an answer to that. Um, but Roy the Snake also wanted to know: In regards to Martha's resurrection check, are there any other specific game mechanics that we've decided on that have yet to appear in the show? Okay, so I'll first say that Roy the Snake, you are definitely on the mark that I'm not going to reveal that extra cost. Um, In terms of extra rules for the game, um, there is one that I can think of, which is to do with prepared casting, Mm. which is uh, very early on. Because prepared casters have to pick their spells from their spell list they're kind of locked into those spells for the day and the day for us could be months worth of recording yeah um so what i i said very early on for prepared casters uh which again meredith as a bard is not a prepared caster so it doesn't bother her at all i said i think it was did i say 80 percent yeah, so basically well, yeah. basically yeah. um you had to pick 80% of your spells to to be chosen as prepared spells and then the remaining 20% could be I would let you swap in to to those yeah. Yeah. as spontaneous. Which, and basically which, the rule that we follow is that once you cast the spell obviously that's on the list. That's on your list. Um yeah. and you can't I think I've only used that benefit once. Yeah, it doesn't come up particularly much, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this would be a really cool moment to cast this spell that otherwise I never would have had prepared. So, for instance, um, I'll let you in on this. Harold, the reason that Harold carried Rafi all the way to the temple (laughs) is that he didn't have Revivify prepared because I needed other spells. Um, And we'd used all, I'd used all my flex slots, you know, like the you got to think that the, our day started uh, with, it was a long day. with us 
basically trying to find books. So my spell list was very much revolved around finding items, finding creatures, etc. right? Like the, the sort of detective work that Harold can do. I didn't have Revivify uh, prepared and I'd used all my flex slots. And so, because Harold, Harold could have, if he'd had the spell prepared, he could have revived Rafi in that minute window, right? Like he was right there. And he would have done, you know, he would have done it. But Harold didn't have the spell prepared. And so, um, yeah, he, he had to. Yeah, I think there's been one occasion and I think it was the spider fight in the library. I don't actually think I had fireball prepared, but I had deliberately prepared 80% of my spell slots and the way that I do it just to make it easier for myself is I prepare 80% and then if in the moment I need one more, I then add it. If that if I don't have any spaces to add things, then I don't have any spaces left, basically. Um, and I think I had not prepared Fireball and something else, but I don't think I used the something else that day anyway. Mm. Just because I was like, well, either I'm going to need combat spells or I'm going to need... It was maybe suggestion was my other option. And I basically just had a slot. And I was like, this is either fireball or suggestion. Mm-hmm. It will be one of these. Which yeah. one it is, I won't know until we get further into the day. Yeah. And I think basically that 80% we decided early on um, not to kind of make your characters more powerful because as a druid and a wizard, you have a huge access to spell lists, yeah. a huge spell list you can pick from. Yeah. Um, but to kind of make it, make the story flow easier in many ways and also to add in fun things that could pop up in the show. Yeah. Um, like there are some spells that I 100% have prepared every day. Mage Armor is one of them, um, for example, um, as is um, Magic Missile. Just got that every day. Like the oh. stuff that I'm like, if you ask me, I could be like, well, Fireball is on a list at the moment. We'll see. I mean, it's probably going to stay on a list for a long time now, but <laughs> well, maybe not. We'll see, actually, now that I think about that for a half second. But um, I think it's it's given us flexibility when you're talking about characters who are academic as well, mm. because, like, you know, it's the, both of those, you know, say Fireball and Suggestion for as examples, I suppose she's familiar with, and if she read it in a book, she'd be able to cast it by being like, ah, oh, yes, that's how I do that one. Yeah. Well, also, I think um, flexible casting yeah. used to be a thing in 3.5 where you could choose to prepare a certain number of spells yeah. and then just by taking uh, what is equivalent to a short rest, add those extra couple spells to your prepared spell list, um, yeah. which I've kind of just... We integrate that kind of like, oh, we'll just be walking somewhere and like we don't show that while you're walking, I'm going to add that no. spell to my spell list. We just... Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Hand wave yeah. that away. Yeah. Um, but I think that's about it in terms of like custom mechanics for the most part. Like, obviously, there's a lot of interpretation up to the DM in any game. I had some heist rules for the Cobalt. Yeah, heist. I was going to say Cobalt Capers is probably where we're, most of our like. Oh, yeah, because co- all those Cobalts, they're all homebrewed Cobalts as well, yeah. like yeah. the sub races for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing else has really come up yet that has been additional home oh uh, i mean there's some of the uh, the items are homebrewed oh right? yeah the items are homebrewed yeah yeah so yes. that's probably it. They're, they're the like but, but no homebrew like no other homebrew like 
rules that are kind of active. Yeah. But if they come up, you know, we we we're definitely not like wedded to the the sort of the rules as written part of D and D. Like like I said earlier, D and D is a vehicle for us to have fun, and if if we need to make up some rules to facilitate that, then we're not we're not D and D purists by any any stretch. Uh, no, and we don't flex anything that would break the game. The things we flex are flexed in small ways they're not flexed in massive like we're not getting rid of range or something yeah, like right. it's we're, we're taking because we in fact we had a whole discussion about thrown yeah. weapons versus which i doubt will ever make the edit no because it was really long and boring because yeah. i didn't understand how range because i don't normally play things that where i throw yeah. things um because uh, my character types are typically bard wizard mm-hmm. And now I'm like, ah, oh, barbarian, how do I tank? Um, but that idea of like, those things are still there. They're still rules. It's just the things we flex make it easier for the purposes of a podcast rather than, and, and more interesting in terms of the longevity of a game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's Kate here. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons and Doctorates. If you're enjoying the show, why not recommend the podcast to a friend? It really helps us to grow our audience. It's bonkers to me that it's not just our friends listening to us anymore. If you have questions for our cast about the show or a submission for a mid-show message, head on over to dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. You can also help support the show by checking out our merch over there or specifically at merch.dndoctorates.com. And for now, back to the action. All right, so a couple more questions to finish us off uh, from Roy the Snake and uh, then a couple from David as well. Um, Now, uh, what's a monster that you haven't encountered in this campaign that you would like to engage and how do you think your character would handle such an encounter? Um, And there's actually a nice little like... uh, uh, like parentheses here, which is like, no, this isn't three bends in a trench coat trying to plan out new storylines. Uh, I'm actually personally not going to answer this because um, I uh, I just want to be surprised, I think. I, I I don't have a particular monster that I'd love to encounter. I, I love the surprise of, like, whatever pops up. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, have, I have said in our group chat that I want a non-Newtonian ooze to fight because I think it would be fun and and I know we've already had our non-Newtonian fluids chat on the podcast but like non-Newtonian ooze though and there's a stat block it exists um, but I think it would be fun for because it would give us an opportunity to have like Susie back and some more characters that we love playing and we could get some guests and I just think it would be good fun dumb um, but not necessarily main story arc e, but just definitely like the ooze department 100% has some non-Newtonian ooze over there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, but everyone in the podcast already knew that. And anyone who knows me outside of this knows that I think that's a great idea. <laughs> so that's just me. Joe? Um, I don't know, really. I think because I've never really played before, I don't really know what I'm missing. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? And yeah. there are so many monsters, yeah, like between yeah, yeah. between the monster manual and Volos and um, mm-hmm. everything that comes up. Fist bands and that. There's just and there are a lot of really weird things. But the problem is, is that our characters don't necessarily delve into the places that that would be expected. You know, like the the sort of the the stalag the stalactite the dusk mantle. Uh, 
Tight, the, tight. The styling... <laughs> what you can't see, audience, yeah. is, is Ross yeah. gesticulating uh, to try and work out which ones are yeah. <laughs> tight. The styling tight, might from weird squid squisher. You know, that was cool. Like, that was an unexpected... Yeah, that was a cool, unexpected monster that made sense because we were suddenly in an environment where something weirder could hang out. So, yeah, I think, obviously... Uh, environmental storytelling through the monsters that are there is actually quite an important part of crafting like a believable environment. You can't just chuck monsters where they don't make sense. You know, like if we came if we came up against a yeti in the forest, I'd be like, really? But why? Though? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, we've had exploding flumps, so we don't need flumps. Ben, we do not need flumps. We've had them. They've been exploded. Wait. Yeah. Because they're the world's, personal opinion, crappest monster. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. I mean, I sort of semi-homebrewed a monster for the one-shot, although mm. I don't know what mm. our plan is for the rest of that yet. But anyway, um, we'll see. Um, okay, so beyond what's uh, explicitly been in the episodes, are there campus clubs that the team have joined and how active are they outside the storyline? Well, Meredith's a part of the Bard Society, um, and we've already seen. We do her. need to do that thing. Yeah, we've we do already need to do seen that her thing. perform with Reading. I kind of want to see Reading come back. Mm. I vote for that thing that we've talked about having that we just need to work on a little bit more before it works. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not giving more information, guys. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is too fun. Um, I don't think Potentia's a joiner. Uh, so the fact that she's a member of like a club mm-hmm. is a minor victory at this point. Uh, yeah, and I think she's probably active. Right? I am. Uh, I also think she potentially actively avoids um, Captain Douchepants. What was his name? Raymond. Oh, <laughs> Douchepants is great. Douchepants. Um, uh, and therefore any sort of the Adventurers Appreciation Society. Yeah. Well, but more, more, like more in terms of she actively avoids. Um, you are a high elf, and therefore should be a member of the high elf mm. club. And I'm like, yeah. gross. No, yeah. um, that's no. I think um, Harold is from most pretty, likely. Pretty hard against that. Um, he probably is technically part of the Druids Club, but doesn't really participate that much. It's yeah. the faculty society that you joined in yeah, first year. <laughs> you know, like, um, obviously, yeah, he's part of the card game society. And I feel like there was another one that he was part of as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't all three of us now members of the Enigma Society? I think No, that, I don't I think, think Harold and I are. I don't believe you actually ever signed up fully. They never but signed you're up. Like, okay. oh, you're like honorary. Yeah. 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 We basically That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a theory about a club that potentially might join in that sort of honorary way if she can get away with it but that's not going to be for a hot minute and Ben you can probably put two and two together and make four Mm. um, to work out what that is. I think uh, Harold might be involved with like an astronomy society. Yeah Uh, probably that kind of stuff and obviously he's sort of um, he's probably in the Adventures Appreciation Society Um. I, I, definitely, Raymond, I gross. definitely feel you're involved. <laughs> We're involved in Captain It's kind of funny, right? Because obviously it's the kind of club that Harold would probably be a good president for, but um, 
it probably shows he his disdain for tradition and ceremony that he's not interested in being the president of a club. You know, like he doesn't want that position. He just wants to turn up and tell stories. Also, he doesn't need he doesn't need to appreciate Avitris. There's one like ne- like effectively next to him in in his family. So. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and I think that's the thing for him. Like he he's he's there to tell stories. You know, rather than yeah. um necessarily get too involved in the appreciation side of things. Yeah, I think we're also all members of the Postgraduate Students Association, yeah, which yeah. we've kind of established. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that probably extends as far as the occasional wine and cheese or equivalent. Are you all honorary yeah. members of the Barbarian Society? I don't think you can be a member. So Trulis is a member of the Barbarian Society. Mm. My little forest gnome Barbarian is 100% trying to womp things with I think it depends with, who you talk to. Gore. Like if Gore is in charge, everybody... Society. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was trying really hard to recruit everyone, despite how scrawny Basically. they are. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we're not member. Well, Potentia's not a member, but she will happily like if if Gore Turn up to slash all the Michael events. slash the rest of them go. Hey, come to this. Yeah. Um. Certainly, like when she's been in their circles, she's not said no to going to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're not not a member, but you'll turn up to their parties. I, I think it's it's one of those like she'll get dragged along to a thing. The barbarian society is known it's the for right throwing thing to do. best parties in. Mm. Well, they ha- they're known for throwing the best barbarian chess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, finish off with a few questions from uh, David. Um, which NPCs were interesting to interact with, and how so? Also, which are the hardest for Ben to voice? I miss Raffi. Um, I had a lot of fun playing with Raffi, though, because Raffi and Potentia had one of those, um, like, they're friends, but why are they friends, but they're friends relationships of, like, and I, you can't, like, I have one of those with one of my best mates that, like, you can't understand why we're friends if you've met us in person, but the second you see us together, yeah. you're like... Oh, I how, see. How are you friends, though? Like, you insult each other. All, yes, because we're friends. Like, that's that's how we get away with that. Um, and I think... I mean, I had fun being pissed off by Raymond. Like, I don't want to see him ever again. But I did have fun in that episode. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think my favourite is hands down Lanwick. I mean, having that conversation with him stuck in a crab was just... Ethan, I mean no. Aldwin. Oh, because <laughs> <man. laughs> um, oh, wait, you haven't listened to the episode where he like nope. asks her out. Oh my god! Oh no, 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 no! Sorry, I know what happens yeah. in that episode. Yeah. No, you I've know just not listened it. to that oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's just so awkward, but, man. But Aldwin, though, I think <laughs> actually Aldwin is my favorite NPC that I've interacted with. And look, I, he's a he's a gorgeous character, but ah. Oh. I, yeah, and Nora. I, I, because I, <laughs> I think, I think because it was sort of an accident. Yeah, the way yeah. Harold's like interactions with him uh, played out, but also it did give me a chance to examine Harold's, like, the way he approaches peripheral relationships, um, and I think that was a lot of fun. Um, and also just sort of exploring, like, we have a lot of, like, 
bigger character themes, but like it, it really allowed me to explore a lot of minutiae of like Howard's character, you know, like his terrible relationship advice. You know, that's not the kind of grand <laughs> character stuff that you think about, but it totally makes sense for Harold that he just like, he just doesn't quite like think things through properly. And so his relationship advice was terrible, you know, and um, and his sort of like lack of awareness that he's sort of semi trying to set up these two people who, if he'd really thought about it, Meredith clearly wasn't interested, but he yeah. was, he wasn't like... Like he just wasn't, wasn't putting the pieces together. Yeah, and, and I think it was fun. It's fun to like get those little parts of characters that just in a grand fantasy adventure, it's it's sometimes hard for like the minutiae of a character to come out because you're always dealing with yeah. these big themes. And like, obviously, you know, larger themes come up a lot, uh, you know, and, and those kind of emotions. But like, you know, how socially like insightful Harold is wouldn't have really come up that often but that gave us a chance to like look at those kinds of things and I, I think that was that was nice that was fun actually now that I think about it I will also add and I know that my list is really long of like my favorite yeah, NPCs to interact with but like here we are um I will add my entire office mates set yeah. to that list as well because I think it is one of those beautiful little sets of people that you 100% know those kinds of circles. And it's interesting to have the different conversations and it's it's a setting where people are listening to each other's conversations and even just observing. I can't remember who. Someone was poring over books in the office one day and I didn't interrupt them by choice. I could have interrupted them to have a conversation, but I didn't. And that was because I was just like, no, this is not a conversation time, but we still got a little insight into one of their like processes on how they go about their stuff. <laughs> Obviously, again, that's unvoiced, so it's not really helpful into like what Ben's least favorite ones to voice are, but it, I think they are a nice little set of people. And I'll be interested to see how some of them start interacting with the other two, with um, Meredith and Harold at different points, because I think knowing some things that are happening slash might have to happen in the arc we're currently in or whatever happens after that um, based on some things. They'll be an interesting group to come back to a little bit more, I think. Hmm. Um, do I have a favourite NPC? I don't know. It, it's gore. Just gore, don't like gore it's is gore. good it's fun gore. to play. He is, <laughs> he is genuinely a lot of fun to be this like ball of sunshine. Yeah, he is so he wholesome. He is so fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like Lanwin has to be one of the hardest characters to voice for you, Ben, surely. Su surprisingly, Bonin. Lanwin is not that hard. L Bonin. I think Bonin. Bonin. Bonin is tricky because I keep, I keep losing the accent mm. as I'm doing it. Um, Maybe when I tried to have three or four dwarves in a room with different accents, <laughs> that was that was a, a that was a, was a challenge. Yeah, because oh. um, it's hard, you know, when you do an uh, accent, it's hard to be a different version of that accent, isn't it? Uh, it, it, it can be it can be tricky, but it's also like I I was able to do different like ages for them, which I think mm -hmm. helped me. Yeah. Um, Mr. Red was a lot of fun. 
as this like oh, yeah, wily person you couldn't get a straight answer out of. Mm. That was a lot of fun. I, yeah. Uh, cake shape. Uh, what's the um the Harold supervisor? Oh, cake stone. Yeah. Cake stone. He's good fun. Yeah. I, I I think there are a lot of fun NPCs. Um, surprisingly, Lanwin's voice actually isn't that tricky for me to do. Uh, what is Lanwin's voice? I do not think I've actually actively listened to any episodes that Lanwin is in. Lanwin, he's just a high. Oh yeah. He's just a gnome. No, I remember why. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, we all also don't really choose to do accents that much as players. I mean, I. That's a ball face yeah. like Kate. You do. Kate does. Um, because I made Trillis and other characters have very distinct. Why I decided on this was a completely different question, but here we are. <laughs> like, it's, you know, and. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely think for, for you know, given we were starting, obviously, you know, I, I, I didn't make Harold too far out of my own comfort zone in terms of accent. I mean, to be fair, you know, I come from the Midlands. Um, and so his his sort of accent is quite far away from what a Midlands person would sound like. But I never I never really yeah. picked up a, a really crazy like you know John Snow Midlands accent anyway. So um, it's not too far out of the realm. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's been fun to sort of try some accents, and I'm certainly like working on those more. You know, like the ones that I've presented with other characters. You know, they still need some work. So. Um, but that's the fun thing, you know, like hopefully as time goes on, you know, you can like perfect those a bit. And, you know, to be fair, you know, yeah. when I do an accent, um, I try not to do the stereotype, you know, like I actually. So th this is a fun fact for Kraus. Before I played Kraus, I actually spent about half an hour watching this YouTube video of uh, a German person explaining why German people sound like they do when they speak English. Um Yes. Because I, I don't I don't ever want to do an accent. If I do an accent, it's because I admire the way it sounds genuinely. Um, and there are a few other accents that I would like to attempt. But I, I do yeah. honestly try to like figure out what causes the accent itself rather than just sort of just blindly I mean, attempt yeah. one. Yeah, it's it's like it's like our people from Paris don't talk the same way as other people from France, and it depends on where you are based on how how wide your French your French accent is going to yeah. be. And don't get me started because I'll then start getting really mad about how Texans in film aren't using a Texas. Accent. I mean, there's a reason why uh, for a, a side project I've been thinking about is having 16 player characters because I don't want to have to voice people's characters yeah. i just want to have everyone else voice them yeah now that the season is done how many of the arcs were planned as part of the overarching story and how many were put in because player choices meant you wanted to see them play off certain npcs Ooh, okay that's a very good question um so obviously the first one the just getting everyone together i planned that um the underlibrary I had planned as well because I wanted to put you all in a uh, a dungeon scenario. Uh, so then I had the the spirited evening was kind of a oh there's a Halloween thing okay Halloween's coming up let's do a Halloween art. yeah that was actually like a, a more collaborative uh, effort because we actually all kind of came together and said hey like Halloween's coming up what if we did what if we had this kind of scenario and obviously like. Yeah. We then handed that off to Ben to sort of 
realize mm. but mm. very occasionally yeah. we do actually have an input into like kind of what we'd like to see happen mm. yeah like we've got we're, we're coming up soon to doing a christmas episode for that very same reason um we've got some guests and stuff lined up at different points we occasionally go well we want to have some guests in i think we're less likely to have a completely unplanned episode and more likely to have a completely unplanned arc and more likely to have an episode that comes out by the nature of there being something that happened in the arc so that big chunk of episode where harold and potentia are walking home after like during the halloween Mm. one um that was on request basically because we could have not had that scene yeah. at all. But I think that scene was important. Um, yeah. And I think I kind of said, can we have a scene here? Because I I need this scene for this to start making, like for some things to start making sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we've had a few of those where it's more like, you know, like um, uh, Meredith walking Ethan to the medical office. Is that who you walked to the medical office? No, at some point? it was. It, wait, uh, oh, it was Raymond. Raymond, yeah. So you've you've walked Raymond to the medical office, and you also walked. Um, I've, I've, I've forgotten her name. Anyway, yeah, the, the, the other person the, from the other library. Yeah, um, from the second yeah, conversation. Yeah, the, the the general point being that there are scenes that can and can happen, and some that don't happen because it would be very easy to have scenes, especially when it's one PC and an NPC yeah. that can either happen or not. And there are often times where we just go, "Do we need any more scenes? No, great, let's skip to whatever happens yeah. next." Um, those scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, you know, being being a narrative podcast as well as a game, we do sometimes have to like make narrative decisions rather yeah. than just like mm. sandbox forever, which we could do, uh, but we just mm-hmm. for the purposes of tight yeah. storytelling, we do have to sort of sometimes um, yeah, I portion think things off yeah, like that all too. of the the story arcs I've I've planned, but there are definitely parts as you've mentioned that are unplanned within those story arcs they just kind of happen yeah um i think the individual character episodes kind of spontaneously happened um and then i weaved them back into a story when it came together yeah um and i think that is maybe why accusations ended up being so very long because i had all these story threads i was pulling together which I could have broken up into smaller arcs, but I think just worked well enough. I think uh, probably the biggest, the biggest time we have things that just spontaneously happens are our special episodes, yeah. like yeah. Pumpkin Panic that just came out. Like yeah. that was oh Halloween's here again. Let's do uh, a story arc, but let's actually make it a special. So we're bringing a guest DM and we'll exactly. do something different. Yeah, like Oozcapades was the same. That was because I was like, it's International Women's Day. Let's do an all female identifying episode. Yeah, exactly. We've got Christmas coming up, so we've got another Christmas special like we did last year coming back. And I think a lot of those things are the less planned from Ben's end. That doesn't mean they're not planned from someone's yeah. end. I mean, a lot of the things but, we do are quite yeah. deliberate, even if they don't always seem that way. So, yeah. Um, okay. And none of us have ever made a decision that's like not then been okay. Yes before that audio goes yeah. to air. All right, so the season is over. Quick fire. What is everyone's favourite arc out of them all? I think mine... Does that have to be the from the main arc or does it, can it be from can specials? be from anything, but probably I, I imagine it's... from the main arc, right? Because we are talking about the season. Yeah. See, mine's probably Halloween 
in all aspects of the Halloween arc because it's main season, but it was kind of specials. The, no, the stuff about yeah. um yeah yeah I think both at the party and at yeah. both at both of the two parties. Yeah, basically. that's definitely main arc stuff. It was yeah. yeah. Early on, it was like such a good arc to like. To be our our like third story arc, yeah, yeah, and I think my answer is the same too. And it's just because that's when we really like settled into. That was our first non-pre-recorded arc, I think, too. Almost yes, like yeah, we didn't try and smash it out to get it out early doors. Mm-hmm. I think we just we'd already uh, pre-recorded everything else, and that was one of the first under like, library maybe. Yeah. yeah, but we were still kind of settling in. Yeah. But it, 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 then, yeah, I think um, I think my favourite's still the first underlibrary. Yeah, that was a really yeah. fun classic D and D adventure for sure. Like it, it was a lot yeah. of fun to play that that uh, that arc. But I think the Halloween arc is still my favourite in that what the show is all fell into place in that episode. You know, like yeah. I think and I, I think that's why. But um, yeah. I mean, gotta say, spoilers the. The situation we're currently in uh, is is a lot of fun, and uh, uh, that I think there'll Can't be some character stuff as well. So, I am I'm waiting for people to be both mad and happy with me about some character yeah. stuff in this first <laughs> so, couple um, episodes. We have a lot of I mean, stuff I, coming I, up. I I quite like so many of those arcs. I think Mascot Madness maybe. There was a lot in Mascot Madness that I really liked. Interacting with um, Gore. Oh my god, the tiny spider. And Michael. I forgot yeah. about the tiny spider. Really yeah. cool, actually, in Mascot yeah. Madness. I did really enjoy. Can we bring them back? I miss the frat house. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot house. of spon- spontaneous coolness in that arc, actually. Yeah. That was just a lot of fun to like experience. Uh, so. I think the frat house needs to come back after we get out of our pr- current predicament because I think it would be good for the character stuff that we're currently dealing yeah. with yeah. as well to go back to the yes, boys. Yes, we have um, yeah plenty more stories coming up, so tune in for those. And that will do it for this episode of The Karma Room. Thanks so much, so much for joining us. And don't forget, you can send in your questions at dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. Uh, you can check out our wiki there. You can also check out our sweet merch, um, which I think we're going to have a few new items coming up soon <laughs> just because of fun things that have popped up along the way. Um, and obviously... Send in your merch suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got <laughs> put them through Instagram is the easiest way suggestions. To please send them to us. Uh, we're we're happy to receive them and um, maybe even support some more young artists, which is nice. Um, and until next time, uh, thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it, and uh, we can't wait for uh, even more stories to to unfold and to see what happens with these characters. Bye. Bye. Bye.